This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. This is months of discussions to get to this point. Yes, we know Kaprizov is a priority. Likewise, is Kevin Fiala. But beyond that, we also know that the Minnesota Wild would love to add a top-line center. Now, they've been linked with interest to Jack Eichel of the Buffalo Sabres. I believe that the Wild are going to make an offer, a trade offer, on Jack Eichel. But they're also not going to blow their cap space, and they're not going to overpay with trade assets. So it's going to be interesting to see what Garen does at center ice moving forward. Reckless speculation. <laughs> yes. Welcome to 52 holidays called Reckless Speculation. Every Thursday on this show, Reckless <laughs> Speculation Thursday, Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment, and we want titles, damn it. Uh, ordinarily, programming note, our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News would join us for inside information about your favorite local sports teams. He's going to join us tomorrow. He's got an, uh, his A job, the TV job. He's got an interview scheduled this morning, and uh, he, he, uh, we just couldn't find a time to work. So he'll join us tomorrow. But the good news for all of you guys is mm-hmm. we've got wild free agent and trade ideas galore to parse through this morning. Where would mm-hmm. you guys like to start on this Reckless Speculation Thursday? I'd like to start off with what we talked about just now or just saw, which was the Darren Dreger on TSN clip about uh, Jack Eichel and the possibility of him being traded to the wild. Reckless Speculation. For those who don't know, um, Darren Dreger at TSN in Canada, which is their ESPN, and Elliot Friedman, who works at Sportsnet, which is a competitor, they're probably the two closest comps right now to Shefty. So like these are these are the big boys. Mm-hmm. This is not a uh, yeah. Horses. This is a guy who's very plugged in and who knows. Drager had a tweet uh, off of what he said there on TSN. It didn't make a lot of sense to me until I went on um, the Soda Pod last night with my buddies to talk wild hockey, and they were talking about this. And I said, but the tweet doesn't make total sense. Cause like in one hand, it's saying they're going to make a bid for Eichel, but on the other hand, it's saying that they're not going to sacrifice cal- uh, a cap space and all their prospects. So like, yeah, obviously to get Jack Eichel is going to cost you a lot in, in lots of, of ways, including a long-term contract. That's what Dex, I think $10 million cap hits for the next few years. Yeah, so anyway, here's what was suggested to, to me by Hoppy on the soda pa- uh, soda pod as we all drank some beers and recklessly speculated. And by the way, full disclosure, I brought the lifestyle to their show. Like I just I just brought the lifestyle. I said reckless speculation. I said reckless speculation is our bag, and I'm going to bring it to your show because this is what we do here. You never know. Sometimes when you bring reckless speculation to a party, you never know how people True. are going to react, right? Oh, and, you. You don't know. They embraced it, which I really appreciated. Well, that, that, that could never happen. What, what, what are you talking about? Uh, you can't. You can't just say things like that. That might not happen. What, what are you talking about? Uh, what is this reckless speculation lifestyle? <laughs> what are you guys talking about? So, reckless speculation. 
I actually was sort of playing that role. I'm like, okay, the dragger thing doesn't make sense to me. The Eichel thing, how is it? And, and I think we talked about this when Dex broached it a couple days ago. But here's what Hoppy suggested to me, and I love this one. Hoppy, who, but by the way, I was going to ask, but I didn't. What's your real first name? Um, so we call him Hoppy. So his suggestion was, he stopped me, he said, but Judd, wait. And so he took my reckless speculation and one-upped it. He said, what if the Sabres, because of their cap situation, get, let's say, Fiala, Boldy, a draft pick. So they get a lot. But because of their cap situation, they retain a portion of Eichel's cap hit, enabling the Wild to fit Eichel in. It's not so much for this coming season, but it's after that when their cap is going to be eaten up by the Parisian suitor buyouts. And I said, Hoppy, you're a genius here because like, that's what would have to happen because after this year, the cap hits don't work with what the wild is going to have to pay out as far as um, the dead money they're going to have because of Parisian suitor. And so it's not like the NFL. You can't like restructure and front no. load cap hits. Mm-hmm. Right. But because Drager doesn't make stuff up, like he's not like. He's, he doesn't wake up and think, I'm going to talk about the wild today. Like, somebody's told him something. That's the only thing that would make sense, though. If they made the trade, they made they made the deal, and then they got Buffalo because Buffalo was getting players in return they liked to retain some of the cap hit to help take that off the wild's books. So, they would, so Buffalo would essentially have to eat Eichel's, not all of it, the cap, obviously, but, like, let's right. say... 15% of it or 20% mm-hmm. of it right. over the course of multiple years. That's what you're saying. So they would, they would trade him and then you would compensate, but that's, but it still doesn't really add up as much because I would think in order to get Eichel and also get them to eat like 20% of his cap in 2022, 23, et cetera, yep. that you'd have to give up even more in terms of capital, mm-hmm. right? Yes. But so- that's how that, that, but that's, that's the way it would work financially to at least give yourself some breathing room to add additional pieces. You can have a third and a fourth line at some point. Right. And here's my question. And Dex, what, what's your thoughts on this one? If they start with Fiala Mm -hmm. going to Buffalo, who I don't, again, I, we like him a lot. I don't know how much the wild loves him. Okay. Yeah. But if he's the starting point and let's say it's Boldy and a couple of draft picks or something, um, by the way, to, to be clear, I don't think this happens. But nonetheless, at least the suggestion for my guy Hoppy makes sense. Right. It's, it's a, exactly. It's, it's a, a path, path to how it could happen. Dex, your thoughts? I, I don't hate it. Uh, the Sabres going in to right now have $34 million in cap space, which is a ton. Okay. So okay. if they cleared Eichel, and Eichel is owed, by the way, $80 million for their length, or excuse me, not $80 million, um, you can click one, two, three, four, five, six. He's owed sixty million dollars. Oh, math on the fly for yep. Dex. Uh, sixty million dollars over over the next uh, six seasons. So if they ate twenty percent of it, so like basically Eichel's cap goes down to eight because it's at ten right now. So if the Wild have an eight million dollar cap hit for Eichel, that makes things a lot easier. I have trepidations trading Fiala. I understand why you have to give it up to make that happen. But I would be more inclined to give them draft picks 
because I have three first-round picks over the next two drafts than I am giving up Boldy in that return. I would give up Fiala, and I give up multiple two of those first-round picks. That's what I would do. But retaining some of that salary, I'd be curious on it. I'd be curious on it. They have to be aggressive, right? I mean, they just they just let go of Parisian Suter to say this is the new era of wild hockey. Kaprizov is already one of the best players in the NHL, probably gets better next year. And the contract that you're going to sign Kaprizov to is probably going to be like, let's say a four-year contract or something, like so that he can be a free agent again in his late 20s. So I look at this and I say, they have a guaranteed window of Kaprizov of like three or four years. How much damage can you do in three or four years? I don't know that you can afford to just sort of sit back and not be aggressive this offseason. Because if you go in next season, and and like and there's there's room to add some pieces. Like there's and we'll get into some of the free agent names, but um, I just feel like if you're not aggressive via trade for a top line center this off season, aren't you wasting a year? Aren't you automatically not a Stanley Cup contender in 2021-22 and thus wasting a a peak year of of Kaprizov? Absolutely, and they are going to they are going to make a trade. I think that's going to be an impact trade. For a player at that position, the only question is how big of impact is it going to be, and is it going to be see the so so Phil to throw the Eichel thing then back in your court to react to though. Here's the issue: if he's going to have, and we don't we don't know this, um, and reportedly Buffalo is only sharing his medical reports with teams that are like far down the path of actually inquiring, which is my guess is that the wild will be a team like that. But if he's going to have this neck surgery, when's he going to play? Because like, if he can't play until January or something like that, that's going to ding you for this coming season, which is why I ultimately believe they're going to make an impact trade for a center, but I don't think it's going to be the, the mega deal potentially that Jack Eichel would be. So he's, he's waiting to have surgery until his, situation is cleared up right i mean is there any reason why he hasn't had surgery already or is he still seeing the sabers specialists don't, no the sabers don't want him to he wanted to a while ago which by the way if you were gonna have it he should have yeah. why don't they want it if he wants to get surgery why would they not want him to get surgery they just they, they feel like he's overreacting to the injury or something no they can't find they they basically they can't find any precedent for a hockey player to ever have had this type of of surgery before. And I think they're very paranoid, probably rightfully. So um, they want him to rehab. Now I'm sort of with him. I think if it requires surgery, speculation, like there's nothing that drives me. And this is not a parallel exactly, but there's nothing that drives me me more crazy than when, when I read a guy who needs Tommy John is going to sit her out and hope to rehab it. Yeah. Like just get the surgery if, if you need it. Uh, but I think Buffalo is paranoid about that. And and there was a report a couple weeks ago I saw that said that they were very close to a resolution on this. And I don't know if that meant a trade or if that meant an agreement of, that he was going to have or not have the surgery. But that's the other thing about like the timeline here. Because if the Wilds plan, and I think it is, is to try and win immediately, do you pick up a guy who has questionable health or do you go get another center who's still going to be costly but not cost as much but you can plug him in say as your top line center starting on opening night yeah uh i wouldn't recommend jack eichel hop on a motorcycle with a bad neck but uh i mean all of you guys can you listeners denniskirk.com is the place if you like to ride and get out in these summer months they've got 160,000 parts and accessories in stock 
clothing and helmets as well. And if you order by 8 p.m., they ship the same day, shipping free on orders over $89. Uh, Dennis Kirk is here for all of your riding needs. And when the open road calls, head to DennisKirk.com. What about free agents? All right, we're sitting here. Uh, the Wild has created some salary cap relief in the short term, especially by saying goodbye to Suter and Parisi. They've got holes to fill. I don't think defenseman was necessarily like top of the list before yesterday, but now they have a gigantic hole, uh, not only for a, a top six uh, center, but also a defenseman. So what types of names are out there in free agency, Declan, for the Minnesota Wild? Yeah. I think the Sorry. two. No, you're good. I think the two. That was that, actually an itchy, itchy trade. Yeah, you're, you're just you're just so this so reckless right now on this Thursday morning. You just want all the reckless speculation. I don't blame you. I barely slept last night trying to think of all these great ideas. So I, I get it. Um, That's why you barely slept last night. Okay. There are two centers I would look at, or two forwards I should say I would look at. Number one is Nick Foligno, Marcus Foligno's brother. Um, Nick Foligno was with the Columbus Blue Jackets for a long time. He's a former captain. He got traded to Toronto. Toronto played, paid a hefty price to trade deadline. I believe two first-round picks, if not one. Um, two, one, two, yeah. one, a first and a second to get him. That was an overpay. He was a rental. Um, he, at this point in his career, he's more of probably a bottom six guy. But what you would do there is you would put him on the third line. So you would put Nick Foligno theoretically speaking, playing with Marcus and maybe Ryan Hartman, this would move Joel Erickson Eck up into a secondary line or a first or second line. Basically, you elevate Joel Erickson Eck, which a lot of analytics and a lot of people say he should be playing higher minutes than what he's deserving of. Now, Eck, I think, plays a game that is more suited on a third line because he's a pest. He's a selkie guy. He's a defensive first forward. He scored a lot of goals last year, but he was more of the situations that put him in front of the net. He's not going to wow you with his skill necessarily. But I do think he took a, a significant step forward in his development, and it is worth seeing if he's someone that can slide in your top six. So Nick Foligno, although at one point was a top six center, you sign him in like the 3 to $4 million range, I could get on board with that. Um, that's one name I think I would be curious on. Judd, what do you think? Would you bring in Nick Foligno? I like him. I don't know if he solves your problems. He basically takes the Parisi spot, possibly on the wing, too, if you don't yeah. play him at center. I don't think he solves your center dilemma completely, though. Um, so this all depends on price point to me. Yeah. Like if you get if you could get him at the right price, because he's a he's a character guy. He's a productive but not great player. Uh, but if he's also going to, and this is the problem with as as you know, Dex, the start of free agency is these teams start to make dumb decisions now the one thing that i will say that's going to change the dynamic a little bit is the salary cap being flat so like you're gonna have a lot of teams that can't make that previously might have made dumb investments that can't so so yes at the right price this is definitely a guy who i think would fit in well with what they're doing you said character guy which i just to touch on if people didn't see bill Guerin with you guys on judd's hockey show yesterday go check that out scorn earth youtube channel and the mackie and judd podcast feed um, and, and this even made a Reddit thread yesterday we saw on the Internet that you Declan asked him a question about, you know, well, how much of this was because these guys are just crappy in the room, that they're just mm-hmm. cancers, basically. And he and like he kind of took the bait, but then realized, did. oh, I, I, I can't go this far throwing those guys under the bus publicly. I need to shift. But like now that you've talked to Bill Guerin and you've soaked this all in for a couple of days. How much of Parisian Suter, like what percentage of it was they're old and expensive and not productive versus 
they're just kind of pains in the asses behind the scenes and they're not setting a great culture. Well, that definitely played a role. But so the the most interesting thing I thought that Garen acknowledged to us that he certainly didn't acknowledge at the at the uh, Tuesday press conference was this. And and this is where they're smart because they learned from their recent past. Um, Garen acknowledged fully that suitors minutes were going to come crashing down. Like he said, he was going to play a lot less. So like, this was not a, Hey, you're playing a couple less minutes than you were previously. This was going to be a, sounds like a seismic shift. Um, they saw that with Zach and, and the pro I, I think the problem is twofold. One, they weren't great room guys to start with. And two, the less they played and the more unhappy they got, the less they embraced life with this franchise. And so, Dex, I'm not sure if you agree, but I felt like what Garen was saying is, we saw that movie once. We didn't need to see the sequel. Uh, because that because the sequel was going to be, okay, Zach's gone. Hooray, everybody's happy. And now Ryan's not playing as much, and guess who's unhappy? So Amazing. I think those things all factored into uh, the fact that they are trying to build a cohesiveness here that doesn't – it's really hard to make that happen if guys are – upset absolutely and moaning about it yeah i i thought it was really interesting just how he said it i to answer your question phil i think it's probably 50 50 like to, to answer your of productivity and and their presence in the room um i think it was 50 50 Suter was eventually going to hit a wall and maybe maybe we'll figure out this year if he's going to hit a wall he wasn't the same norris kind of guy he was five or six years ago but he was still a productive top four defenseman i still believe he probably projects to be a top four defenseman but you know, at the peak of that, he was playing 29 minutes a night. Like, I think in 2014, he was averaging 29 minutes of ice time, which is something that I honestly don't think will ever happen again. Like, I, that is an insane amount of ice time for players to be logging, and he was mostly really productive at that. But the fact Garen acknowledged that, look, we're, we're just moving forward in this next chapter of wild hockey, that's what I want fans to accept. I, I think that's the biggest... Um, a little bit of a misconception it was like, yes, Parisi and Suter took the wild that were stagnant to a, to a level, but they never hit the ceiling that was projected to happen. I mean, nine years of Parisi and Suter, and all you had to show for it was two series wins and a game six in, in round two. Like, man, that's that's a disappointment when you look back on it. I would do it again, but it, it's a disappointment. So I, I think it was pretty neat that Garen basically acknowledged that, yeah, we had to, we had to move on from these guys. Uh, all right, back to the free agent list. Yep. So, so uh, Nick Foligno. Nick now, Nick Foligno makes me a little nervous because he's like thirty-four. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll trust your guys' instinct on that, but I'd like to hear some of the some of the other possibilities. So, the other one, and this guy's older too. He's he's up there in age, but he's just always been a very productive center, and he's an analytics darling, and he's played a ton of playoff games. Is Paul Stastny? Now, Stastny is 35 years old. He still scored double-digit goals. I think he's, like, logged 100 career playoff games. He's been with Colorado, St. Louis, Vegas. um, Was with the Jets last season. If you could get Stastny on a one-year deal, and I'm in the camp in most sports, too, that if you can get any player on a one-year deal, there's no such thing as a bad one-year contract. He's up there in age. He probably wants to win. I, I think you'd have to still convince him that this is the right situation for you at this point in his career. He ha- I think he's been to a cup but hasn't won a cup. Um, but Corsi-wise, he has been still a rock star. He literally had a 57% Corsi last year in Winnipeg, which is unheard of. Um, he's always been a very productive possession player. He doesn't shoot as much as he used to when he was in Colorado, but he's still someone, I think right now, if you plugged and played him as your top-line center, even though he's up there in age, 
would be your if do de facto number one center. I'll, I'll tell you real quick before before Judd jumps in with actual uh, knowledge here. <laughs> the fact that Paul Stastny has played over a hundred career playoff games and still like in his mid thirties is still pretty productive player at least like basic box score. Very interesting. I just remember him from like the the early part of the Prezi Suter era. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been a pest on many teams that the Wild have. Colorado, St. Louis, that you know, many teams the Wild have sparred with over the years. I think it'd be an interesting move. I am Dex is right. If you can get him on a one-year contract and plug him in and see how, how much is left, he's thirty-five, so he's certainly not a kid. It probably wouldn't be a bad idea. That being said, I would like to see them if they can do it, make a splash trade for a center who you could plug in here for a period of time. Uh, that would be the ideal. I guess the question is, is that trade out there, which I think it might be. And then the next question is, if, if it's not the Eichel trade, what do you want to sacrifice or give up? Uh, your defensive depth, which was fantastic a couple of days ago, now is depleted because Suter's gone. And my guess is the Kraken next Wednesday is going to take uh, Carson Soucy, who's another defenseman. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Stasny one at 35 on a one-year deal would probably appeal to me more than than most avenues that you could go uh, because the free agent market does have, you know, a lot of old guys. I mean, Derek Steppen, who's from Hastings, the former Ranger who went to the Senators last year and and got hurt and had a disappointing year. But I mean, you plug a guy like that in, first of all, he's probably a third or fourth line guy. And second of all, he's older. So the Stasny one intrigues me. I'd like to see them. And I think they're going to be pretty aggressive in trying to make a deal for a lot for more of a long-term solution. And the X factor to, to this entire reckless speculation conversation is Marco Rossi and where he's going to be at. Is he going to develop quickly after essentially not playing hockey this past year because of COVID? And can he step in as well? Because, you know, keep in mind, I think the long-term plan is for him to eventually develop in the next few years into your top line guy. So real quick, uh, one more thing on Stastny. This reminds me a little bit of the Vikings in that, yeah, ideally you'd want over the last 15 years, you'd want that young franchise quarterback or in the case of the Wild, that top line center that you can bring in. He's in his early 20s or or if if you can get really lucky somehow through the draft, you get like a 19, 20 year old and then ride him for 12 years. But if you can't get like that's that's what they should be going for, and that would be amazing. If you can't get that, hey, Warren Moon, Randall Cunningham, <laughs> Brett Favre, like like how bad would it be if Paul Stastny was one of your top two centers for one year? You know, age age thirty six. You know, he turns thirty six on December twenty seventh. If that's your if that's the real option, I wouldn't criticize it. It might it might work great. It might work okay, but I don't think he's going to be a detriment. So for one for one year it would be fine. I, I mean the problem is I, I've got um I've got Fletcher syndrome where I'm so used to let's give this guy four years and here's a no yeah. move clause and oh we love you and it's like what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Are you an idiot? So like I, I'm jaded and scarred by those moves. But if you did but Bill Guerin is not gonna do those moves. And if you did this right, I think it would be absolutely fine. And it would it would be progress. Yep. I would say he's plan B. Like, basically, you would go sure. into this expansion draft, you go into the draft, and then if you weren't able to pull off a trade by the time free agency opens, you'd probably pick up the phone and start the dialogue with Stastny. I think okay. he's, he's plan B. He's not certainly plan A, but like Judd said, I think he's a, he'd be a solid placeholder to start. But the Eichel, the Eichel thing, which, by the way, I am not advocating. It scares me too much. 
But if Dreger's floating the Eichel thing out there, and if the Wild could get Buffalo to retain salary, I'm going to tell you right now, that's probably being discussed. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's real. Dreger is Schefter. He doesn't... Reckless speculation. He's not that next line of guys who recklessly speculates like we do <laughs> because he he had some dream that Jack Eichel was wearing the Wild sweater. So He has a reputation to protect. Well, and he's got agents and people in, in his ear who know what's going on. All right, who, who else is on this free agent idealist? Well, after that, I mean, it, it gets pretty dang barren for the <laughs> at least from the forward sides. I mean, yeah, like Judd said, there's Derek Stepan. Um, there isn't like there's other defensemen that this team's probably gonna have to target. Excuse me, if they lose Carson Soucy, especially in in the um, in the expansion draft. I mean, they will have a hole there. That's Suter and Soucy gone. I believe Ian Cole comes back, but you could also bring in maybe someone like Alex Galagoski, a former Golden Gopher. Um, this one's more of a pipe dream. I don't think you can get him, but Alec Martinez is a free agent. He he was a pest for Vegas this last year. He's a big body. He might get the biggest free agent contract in terms of defenseman on the market. He, he's a good player. Um, he won a cup with the Kings. I believe he scored the game game winner for the Kings in their second cup in 2014 in OT to give their second cup. So... He might be a little. It might be a little more expensive, but they will have to add a defenseman of substance. They will. That's another thing. Should have thought the line. Martinez will get paid. He'll he'll be one of the guys that definitely gets paid. The interesting thing that that I think we need to keep in mind from what Garen is doing, and and there, there's a lot of things that the suitor buyout says, but I think one thing it says for sure too is he definitely likes the system that they're developing. Like we we need to be prepared for them to give a lot of young guys opportunities to step up to. Cause I Garen doesn't strike me as the type of guy who's good, going to now say, okay, those guys are gone. Let's sign a bunch of 36 year old guys. <laughs> I think that they like what they're doing in the pipeline. And so I do think that I think suitors minutes were going to go down fill index, not because of a guy that was like going to be brought in and signed. I think they like Addison and kids like that. And though, and that's why, Ryan's playing time was going to decrease. So I'm just saying I could definitely see a splash trade, which would be fun, but I could also see a lot of kids getting opportunities to play fairly quickly if they can establish themselves. Uh, Before we move on and actually take Reckless Speculation Thursday to an even (laughs) new level, to greater heights today, any, any quick final thoughts on the wild, the week that's been, the look ahead, expansion draft in a week? I think this is going to be, I mean, you could make a case that on Tuesday, that was the most shocking Minnesota wild news since the Prezi and Suter signings happened. You know, you can make, that's mm-hmm. one, the signing one, the buyout number two. Um, yeah. I think this is shaping up to be the biggest summer for the wild since 2012. I think that's pretty clear. You know, I, I, th- there was the, the Thomas Vanek year six, seven years ago, which turned out to be, yeah, Judd, disappointing. You, 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 you clowned Parisian Suter for not being able to recruit high-profile free agents. Now, quickly, you forget Thomas Vanek. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Just disgusting. A little, another, a little misunderstood. Another, play, another player who signed here to retire. Um, I'd like to say this. I'd like to throw out some reckless speculation. Well, first of all, invites to our club because I feel that the lifestyle is extending. And second of all, I'd like to induct them into the Mackie and Judd Big Cojones Club. Gerson <laughs> Rosas and Bill Guerin, um, you guys aren't afraid to make moves. Like, like I yeah. mean, let's not sleep on Gerson. And, and no matter what you thought of the Delo trade, Big Cojones there to to include the, the draft picks 
that he did as well. So I'd like to really invite them and congratulate them on adopting a lifestyle that really is freeing. What what would be what would be uh, among the four uh, heritage men's teams in town? So Vikings, Timberwolves, Wild, Twins. What would be the uh, front office cojones power rankings right now? I think. I think Bill Guerin sits atop. I think he's one with right now, yeah. the largest watermelons. Well, re- right, recency bias, but yes, yes. this was a big yeah. deal. Uh, Gerson, I mean Gerson. I think some of it is the moves that he has made. Like he reset the whole roster within about ten months of taking the job. Mm-hmm. Trades Andrew Wiggins for D'Lo, and now he's immediately like he's having conversations this summer with Elton Brand, the GM of the Seventy Sixers. Like he's not a, he's not afraid to shoot his shot, and he's floating all these trade ideas. I think he's number two. Don't sleep on Rick Spielman, man. No, no. Yeah. Rick Spielman will no. drop a bomb. Yes. When you least expect it, he'll sign a big free agent quarterback. Yeah. He'll swing a trade for Jared Allen. And then uh, I think right there, neck and neck, has to be that Twins front office and all the big, <laughs> big moves that they've made at the trade deadline. You know, acquiring Sam oh. Dyson. Hold on a second. To help, to help the 2019 Bomba squad. I mean, I, I, we're pretty blessed here with all How four of those teams. dare you leave out <laughs> Score North Radio Partners loons? Because the loons, Adrian Heath and company, are before the Twins. They they are. No, they, they legitimately are. Like, oh, they no, have been more sure. aggressive in the international player pool. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Lynx are more aggressive. I mean, there, there's not as much, yep. like, splashy player movement. Because the contracts aren't as big and whatnot in terms of like national headlines, and uh, but the Lynx have not been afraid to burn a bridge or say goodbye to a veteran or uh, well, or bring and, in a star player. And then you've so. got the Saints, so put them in front of the Twins. <laughs> and then you've got the St. Louis Park Babe Ruth team down the street from oh, me. They're very sneaky. Yeah, they'll change they'll your birth moves. address. Yeah, they'll make moves. So put them in front of the Twins. But no, but I mean Gerson and Billy. Yeah, no, it's it's fun. Congratulations! It's, it's Cojones Corner when those guys get together for Cojones Corner. Should <laughs> that be a T-shirt? Yeah, seriously. I feel like we should give T-shirts out to them down on Cojones Corner with Gerson Rosas and Billy Guerin. Uh, so to continue this reckless speculation Thursday, one of the benefits of living a life of reckless speculation is you're never truly surprised when big moves happen, right? Like the Ryan Suter thing was shocking to most and it was definitely a little bit of a whoa in fact Declan his his live reaction while you guys were recording the scoop of doogie which is you can find that it's on, on my Declan's Twitter. Twitter account yeah Declan's like oh what's happening but I, then you realize after after about two seconds he was like oh I yeah I saw this coming I live yeah. a life of reckless speculation <laughs> where we explore all possibilities both good and bad when it comes to our Minnesota sports teams oh yeah so Judd texts us last night and says all right, the Suter thing is a great example of something that most people and us like didn't see coming, mm-hmm. and it's sort of validation of these Minnesota teams. They're not as like the the Twins have sort of set this. I feel like this reputation incorrectly for the rest of the market, where well that would never happen. That you can't. That's that's outlandish. That's clickbait, right? Well, look at all the things we can make a list for ten years of all the things that that teams other than the twins have done even the twins like they signed josh donaldson like they do some things once in a while yeah but let's take this thing to a new level here and we'll throw it to judd first because this is your brainchild what are some crazy far out 
reckless speculation scenarios involving our Minnesota sports teams that aren't currently on the radar. So, like, Ben Simmons to the Timberwolves would be huge, but we've already that's already on the radar. Correct. Right? Yeah. Let's go off the radar. Like, the Ryan Suter thing was off the radar. Nobody a week before that happened was sitting there saying, boy, you know what? I know we're all talking about a Parisi buyout, but what if what if they bought both those guys? Like, it would have made people's heads explode. Like, if Jeb would have wrote that column on scorenth.com, people would have called it clickbait. People would have... People would have said, you know, classic score north, just trying to stir the pot, right? So what are some off-the-radar, reckless speculation scenarios that we should throw out to the mass? First of all, for this one, for those who are watching, let me take the glasses off. Glasses are off. Rub the eyes. Put the glasses back on and lower them to the bridge of the nose. Wow, this, this is a serious is getting again. serious here. This is so the way I like to see this, and, and it crystallized to me. I mentioned this to both of you on the show yesterday, uh, in relation to the suitor decision. Is, is I think what I said was this confirms to me that in the left hand drawer of Rick Spielman's office at TCO Performance Center, there's a file that is that is uh, has Kirk Cousins' exit plan on it. That like the Vikings are fully prepared that if he won't re- renegotiate his contract after 2021, that there is an exit plan there. But I feel we've talked about Kirk enough, so I would like to get to another player who I believe there's a file on in Rick Spielman's left hand drawer TCO Performance Center. Now this is not going to be a huge like trade, but it is going to be a significant, significant move if it's made because you know what? It's a fan favorite. It's another guy. And like Bill Guerin told us, I ain't the most popular guy right now, right? Like I'm cutting people who who you've got his jersey maybe, right? So like these are tough decisions. But I mean, Billy put it perfectly. He's like, father time, boys, undefeated. Mm-hmm. Happened to me. I um, I, know, I think I know where you're going here. Things, th- you know. Fa- is, he, is he one of us? You can't. Uh, no, it's actually not. I thought of him as well, but it's oh, not because wow, this one yeah. makes more sense as far as the potential return that I'm going to try and get in a trade. In Rick Spielman's drawer is a file. It starts with the player's number. That number is 33. Wow. The name is Dalvin. Dalvin Cook. Wow. All right. But they De- just, this is clickbait. They just signed him to a contract extension. They just kicked in. This, this is, is clickbait. clickbait. Can't do that. Exactly, exactly right. And this is where it's genius because you work with Rob Brzezinski, who who is the master of cap manipulation and also the guy that I can go to and say, Rob, could we do this? And he says, of course we can. We can do anything that we want. Dalvin Cook is entering year five, and Dalvin Cook is a Pro Bowl player who I like a lot, okay? So I'd like to start by saying that. But Dalvin Cook is going to get the ball a ton if he can remain healthy. And by the way, just to be fair to Dalvin, uh, he, he played four games and tore up his knee as a rookie. He then played 11 games in 2018, but the last two years he has missed two games each year, which is, you know, two games is two games, but it's also not like he's missing five games per year. If everything goes right with Dalvin Cook, he's going to carry the ball a ton again. He's going to catch a lot of passes, um, and the Vikings are going to use him up as much as possible as this new contract is kicking in. So if you're a savvy team and you know that running backs can be replaced, but you also have one who's valuable, and there's always a sucker on the market, What about this? Dalvin Cook has a significant year for you, a very nice year, perhaps a Pro Bowl year. I don't know. And you and you next March, as the new league year begins, spin him off for potentially 
a second round pick and then replace him with a younger, cheaper running back. Reckless speculation. Wow. Wow. I mean, this is... Like, I do believe this type of plan exists. Not saying it's going to... I would say a year ago that Bill Guerin, if you had gone to him and said, you buying out suits, would have probably been like, probably not. So, so, but I'm talking about reckless speculation plans that need to exist. This is... Um... And and we should have put a disclaimer on the beginning of this, even more than we did. Like, we did put a disclaimer on the beginning of this. But just to reiterate, this is a safe space to talk openly about ideas that are outlandish, okay? Reckless speculation is outlandish by nature. But usually it's it's grounded in some semblance of, like, current reality, right? Like, Timberwolves looking to make a trade. Yes. Who are some options? Yes. This is very far off the radar because Dalvin's contract extension just kicked in. He's 25 years old. He's one of the best, really one of the best skill position weapons in the NFL. And the current offensive system and philosophy is built around pounding the rock. They have offensive linemen that they have put into place that are nimble, that can get out, zone run blocking. Like everything is sort of catered to Dalvin Cook. I think for this to happen, you'd be looking also at a coaching change. Yeah. Like, I, I, th- I think you'd, yeah. it, it would be a scenario where the Vikings underachieve this season and it's time to part ways with Mike Zimmer and they're going to lean into a more, you know, pass centric approach. You know, maybe even 2022 turns into kind of a reset year, not a rebuild, but like take a step back from Kirk's contract, you know, whether it's Kellen Mond or somebody else and, and you're looking to clear some cap space, whatever. Like, but that's pretty far out there because I think I think they are so attached to Dalvin Cook as the centerpiece of their offense. Well, I, I think what you said is right, though. Let's say let's say Zim is gone, and by the way, the Vikings uh, could have a slightly disappointing year, and and I do think the expectations are going to be high. So I I think the I think the room to Mike uh, for Mike to be fired is actually fairly big because like I don't think a playoff berth assures him of his job Um, but Dalvin could still have an incredibly productive year right and now he's aging and here's the other thing do you guys think that Eric Bieniemy doesn't think to himself I played that position I can find a running back Yeah, and I, I will say in general, once a running back gets to be about the age of 26, which is what Dalvin will be next year, if somebody wants to give you like a first or second round pick for a running back past the age of 25, 26, I think you just take it in today's what, NFL, right? That's what, I don't even know how many teams would give that for a running back, but you would right. just take And then the argument, well, how are you going to find? Well, I mean, you found Dalvin Cook in the draft. In the second round. Alvin Kamara, like, there's a bunch of dudes. Go look at that draft. There's yeah. a bunch of dudes that went after Dalvin Cook that are franchise running backs. Yep. So teams always get weird about, well, like Aaron Jones went a couple rounds after. I don't remember what round he was in. Or maybe he was a second-round pick, too. But like, he was, yeah. There were some ridiculous running backs in that draft all after the first round. And on rookie contracts, those guys are amazing. I think the mistake is paying them 10, 12, 15 million. Like Zeke Elliott. I think the Cowboys want to be paying Zeke Elliott the money right. they're paying him. They felt... Oddly pressured, and Emmett Smith is the blueprint for us 25, 30 years ago. So we must pay running backs. All right, uh, this is a safe space, right? Safe space. It's a very safe space. I feel like we need a safe word if you're going to go down a really dangerous path. Reckless speculation. And I'd like to make that word pigskin. It's a, well, it's, it's good because my, my scenario also involves the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. Okay. And unlike you, I am going to go down... 
to set this up a Kirk Cousins path here. Okay. Now okay. again, to remind people, this is we are we are inspired by the shocking buyout of Ryan Suter, a move that no one saw coming. What are some other things that would be shocking if you presented them now? But if you think about it, could make some sense if you if you if you go two, three, four steps down the road. Mm-hmm. So Vegas doesn't love the Vikings this year. I think I think we, the Minnesota talking heads and media and the fans, like the Vikings a lot more than the Sharks and the odds makers do. Vegas and all the sports books look at the Vikings and say, that's a team that's going to compete for a playoff spot around 500 chance to get to maybe 10 or 11 wins. I think I think I've seen over/unders at like eight and a half, nine, maybe nine and a half for the Vikings. Certainly not like 10 and a half, 11 and a half, et cetera. So smart people are telling you, eh, eh. be careful. Now, if Aaron Rodgers gets moved out of the division, I think I think they have to adjust. I think the Vikings are winning the division, but there is a chance that they could fall short. They could they could barely miss the playoffs, and major changes could be afoot if things don't go well for the Vikings, right? And they'd have a big decision to make on Kirk Cousins, who's set to be the second highest paid quarterback in the league to the cap next year behind only Matt Ryan. I think they're both set to make like forty five million dollars to the cap. Literally almost like a quarter of your team's overall salary cap devoted to one guy who's not Pat Mahomes, by the way. And so you're really staring down the barrel of wanting to replace Kirk Cousins cap hit. Like you just don't you don't want to and if he doesn't want to play ball, if he says not, I mean either either pay me the cap hit, I'm not gonna restructure again, I want to hit free agency. Then he leaves you no choice but to probably trade him, right? So if you trade him, you could save $35 million in cap space. You'd still have to eat the $10 million if I'm reading this right on Spotrack.com. Who would replace Kirk Cousins? Well, Kellen Mond is the one we've all talked about, right? Well, you drafted him in the third round. But, you know, like historically, third round, fourth round quarterbacks only have like a 20% chance of actually panning out. And maybe let's say you don't love him in training camp. Like he's fine, and he's definitely a body that you want in your organization. But you're not ready to rebuild in 2022. Maybe it's a transition year, but you're not ready to just like give the keys to anyone at quarterback who's never played before. Mm-hmm. So you'd be looking at stopgap options. And everyone's going to throw out Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like he's the ultimate stopgap, right? There's the Tyrod Taylors. Well, there's a guy who's a first ballot Hall of Famer that is set to be a free agent after the 2021 season that everyone is already writing off, but he's getting in the best shape of his life this offseason because he wants to keep playing football at a high level. But I think he's headed for a divorce with his team that's likely not going to win the division in the AFC North. Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, wow. The Vikings historically, the Vikings love doing this. I mean, this Whoa. goes way back before the current regime of Vikings front office. Wow. The Vikings wow. are the most. The Vikings are the most stopgap, like used to be great quarterback team in NFL history. Yeah, Jim McMahon, Warren Moon, Randall Cunningham, Jeff George. Brett Favre, Donovan McNabb, Matt Castle had a good run with Kansas City and the Patriots. They brought Matt Castle in. Mm-hmm. They do this all the time. 
And so, again, this is a safe space. We are stretching the boundaries of reckless speculation here, okay? Yeah. But they are not going to pay Kirk Cousins $45 million to the cap next year. If he digs his heels in and says, I'm not restructuring, either trade me or play out the last year of the contract, and then because I want to hit free agency, you would trade him. You would save the $35 million of the cap. Mm Mm-hmm. And a divorced from Pittsburgh Ben Roethlisberger's value would go down, and you'd probably be able to sign him for like fifteen or twenty million. You'd save money, yeah. even eating the ten million on Kirk's trade. Yes. You'd you'd save money if you went that direction. Now, he'd be like forty years old, but I'm just saying, like, it's not. If you play this out, they're going to be look. They're probably going to be looking for another quarterback option in 2022. Yeah, if they can't come to a deal with Kirk. If they don't trust Kellen Mond and if they think they can win games, they're going to be looking for a stopgap. Now, Ted, Teddy's also available, which might be too tempting if Zimmer's still the coach. What do you guys think? It totally is predicated on if an, if a way more in shape, Roethlisberger looks halfway decent this season and Pittsburgh still jettisons him and allows him to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, have a, I have a feeling that he's just broken down. Like, I, I appreciate the fact he's gotten in shape and trying – uh, to rebound, I have a feeling that his body, because, I mean, he's played a physical game and he's he's a big guy himself. I think he might be breaking down, but I totally see where you're going and I'm on board with the thought process. Like, that makes perfect sense because especially if, if Zimmer is back, you know, Kellen Mond, I mean, yeah, th- third-round pick, he might be fine. He might not be, though. So, and and I don't know what Mike's patience, and I know th- there was a time when he loved Teddy and played Teddy, so there's precedent here. But I also don't know at this point in time in Mike's coaching career in life if he would want to go through the same thing. Like, hey, you're developing Kellen Mond now? So the path here, the reckless speculation path that you just, like, like you just went into the woods and started to cut <laughs> down trees and stuff to build a house. Hey, you oh, wanted, you wanted no, ideas. You no, wanted I know. ideas. No, but what I'm saying is, like, I feel like you're making headway on a new development. I don't. I just don't know if the guy, if the house you're talking about is the right guy. But like that, that is a Viking thing, and I could see Mike being like, "Well, if I'm going to be back for you know 2022, do I really want Kellen Mond?" I well, you know. and think about this. Like it seems it seems so far fetched, right? Because obviously there's so many things that would have to happen. But if the first domino falls, meaning if the Vikings decide we have to trade Kirk Cousins, we right. I'm sorry, we can't. We can't do this, and if you're going to play hardball like you have with your contract, always like right, we can't do this. Then the then so that that's a big first domino that has to fall, and it's it's not currently close to falling. But like if it falls, then the the immediate next conversation will be who's the starting quarterback, and mm-hmm. the options will be Kellen Mond. Drafting someone in the first round would also be an option for 2022, or. The free agent list, the handful of guys that have that have been starters before, Bridgewater, Fitzpatrick, Ben Roethlisberger, that are going to be free agents. So, the same. I totally get it. Just I totally get it, and you, you and want I ideas. love it, and I love the reckless nature. Um, yeah, wow, Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger. All right, I did not wake up this morning thinking about Big Ben. Reckless speculation. All right, Declan. All right, so I actually have a Timberwolves trade that I'd like to bring to the table. So you guys did two Vikings ones. Let's get, let's get a little more reckless here. Let's get a little more reckless here. Because, you know, th- there's been some Ben Simmons talk, and, I, you know, Ben Simmons is a good defensive player. He's, he's, uh, his value is a little low right now. But I thought, let's, let's get a little crazier. 
Let's look for a player that's even better than Ben Simmons. You want to get nuts? You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Let's get nuts. So here's what I came up with. And by the way, I used, I couldn't use the ESPN trade machine because the ESPN trade machine is still under the contracts for this current season and you can't toggle. I couldn't figure out at least how to toggle to the next season. I've seen people using a different trade machine that you can also include like draft picks and stuff. Yes. We got, we got to find the other trade machine. So I think somebody knows what the best trade machine is. Send it to us in the YouTube comment sections, please. No, but I think I found it. I think I found the other trade machine and this trade is successful per this trade machine, and I was a little maybe, surprised maybe, by it. Maybe the Wolves should hire that. The Wolves hired the ESPN trade machine guy. Maybe, hire they, should hire, maybe guy. they should hire this guy. Hire a new trade machine guy. So here's what I do. I'm Gerson Rosas, friend of the show, and I pick up the phone, and I call a new executive. Well, he's transitioning. I call up Brad Stevens in the Boston Celtics. Yeah, you could probably fleece that guy. He's never yeah, been a GM before. Exactly. He, I think he's a smart guy, Brad Stevens, but I think you could fleece him. You call up Brad, and you say, here's, what, here's the deal, Brad. Boston, you're in this weird window. A little bit here, okay? You're in this weird window. I'm going to give you a 2023 unprotect, or a unprotected first-round pick. I'm going to give you our first-round pick. It, yeah. Just just have it. I'm going to give you D'Angelo Russell. Oh, my God. And I'm going to give you Anthony Edwards. I'm going to give you a new core player. Hold on. Wait. I'm going to do a new core player. Pigskin. For you to build around. Pigskin. Pigskin. In return... You will send me Jason Tatum and Tristan Thompson. <laughs> and I'm going extremely reckless here. And per this trade idea, it is successful. As seen on the screen wow. here on StreamYard. Wow, this is, I think, reckless speculation. I, went, I don't even know what's happening right now. What did we do with this segment? The day that reckless speculation <laughs> crashed and burned. I love it. So... Okay, go keep going. Okay. So basically, I oh mean, Jason Tatum is one of the best players in the NBA. He's 20, he's also like 22. He's just he's ridiculous. And he's he's, he's an unbelievable player. Next year's the first year of his max contract. So he'll make 28 million dollars next year. Basically, you're swapping the money out for D'Lo and Jason Tatum, which adds up the Tristan Thompson ad, you have to add the money cuz if you're trading Anthony Edwards who's going to be making yeah about 10 million dollars next season and the second year of his rookie deal, and Tristan oh, Thompson wow. could be the 5 <laughs> on this team. So now all of a sudden, it's Tristan this Thompson, Cat, Jason Tatum as your new basically starting five. <laughs> and I love how Tristan Thompson's just collateral. He's here. collateral. Just bring him over with Chloe again. Yep. This will be the second time that Chloe has dated a Timberwolves player in the last 15 years. LOL. Shout out Rashad McCants. But yes, I think this can work. I think so this is my Wolves, reckless speculation. The Wolves wow. lineup would then be would be Carl wow. Anthony Towns. Jason Tatum would be the be, would be the best player on the team. Carl Anthony Towns would be the Robin, and you would also then have um, Malik Beasley still as a shooter, and then a bunch of other pieces. Oh my God, dude! Now, all right, do you still have enough pieces to uh, to swing a trade also for Ben Simmons? Like, could we? Could we? <laughs> no. Could we acquire no, both done. Jason Tatum is, and Ben Simmons? No, no, no. You get you get Jason Tatum, who'd be who's infinitely better than all those players involved. He'd be the Listen, best. Listen, I in the think. Wolves. I love I love where you're going here. I mean, that's just a haul to give up, but it's 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 Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's an incredible player. The Celtics are going to want to build around Jason Tatum. That's like there's no reason for them to trade Jason Tatum. Um, but I love where you're going here. I think I, love- I think I think these are the t- these I will say this. These are the types of things that Gerson should and might actually be texting and emailing to fellow front office 
members across the league, right? What would you think? Uh, how, you know, as a member of the Big Cojones Club, I think Gerson, <laughs> I, I think Gerson pretty much admitted to, to us that when a lot of GMs are old school guys, used to hang up the phone or still do. I don't think he does. Like, I, I think he's made it clear that he's not going to trade Ant. But I think if you called him and brought up Ant in Declan's defense here, I, I bet he doesn't hang up the phone. I bet he says, I'll hear you out. I, I think people would probably be amazed by the amount of reckless ideas and talks that go on that probably are never going to get done, pigs but in, still pigs exist. Pigs still exist. Oh. But Declan coming, Declan coming strong. The one a.m. Oh, reckless, one a.m. reckless speculation trade ideas. That's that's the best time, best time to come up with trade Dude. ideas. Amazing. Uh, that wow! I need a smoke after yeah, what just too. happened there for the last twenty minutes. Uh, all of it powered by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. So one cool thing that Federated does, they're the, they're involved uh, very heavily with Big Brothers Big Sisters, the Federated Challenge, uh, every year hosted by my friends at Federated. Uh, so they bring together community-focused and generous businesses and individuals to raise money, millions of dollars over the years, to support Big Brothers Big Sisters, which is a 116-year-old one-to-one mentoring organization. In fact, since 2005, the Federated Challenge has raised $41 million to help ignite the potential of our nation's youth, thanks to partners like SIT Investment Associates, Minnesota Wol- uh, Timberwolves and Lynx, Speak of the Devil, uh, Holborn Corporation. So uh, find out more. Just uh, check out the Federated Challenge and see how you can potentially support Big Brothers and Big Sisters as well. Uh, well, that's not all on today's show because we go back in the archives also every Thursday and we expose ourselves. Yes. Old tweets exposed here. And now Declan tipped me off a day or two ago. He's like, I think it's over. I, th- I think Declan like is going to self-report something here apparently that it's not even going to be a question of who wins, quote unquote, this week's yeah. old tweets exposed. But go ahead. I'll start with my very outlandish uh, Facebook status, which still works for old tweets exposed. By the way, I told you yesterday we were talking about Don McNabb camp stories. So I found a Facebook status the other day, July twenty seventh, two thousand eleven. <laughs> oh, no. McNabb to the Vikings oh, no. Super Bowl. Oh. Homeboy. No, was this okay? I'm going to try and bail you out here. Was this at all tongue in cheek or sarcastic? No, this was. I'm. I'm. I remember this was like a month before I left for college. I was still super purple Kool Aid blinders were even more on. No, this was not sarcastic. I remember this very vividly. Well, the good news for you is you weren't alone in this because somebody named Christian Wacker gave it the thumbs up on Facebook, and he also was yes. all aboard the Donovan McNabb Super Bowl trade. <laughs> Was this like? I hope you were sipping no, on something. I wasn't. Uh, as, that was as pretty a young, ten years. I was ago. eighteen, was like probably in high school. Yeah, I was. 18. I was. I was going into. I was a did, month did before you not going drink to college. At 18? Oh, I drank at eighteen. But at, at that, I was, was going to say at that. I had plenty of great moments at eighteen. At that time, no, I, I was not drinking when I sent that face. That was just pure optimism. That was just absolutely pure optimism. And, so. you, and heck, you courted the moth. I did. Super Bowl homeboy. Mm. Well, that's definitely the leader in the clubhouse here. All definitely. right, so there's uh, two actually Judge Zolgad things that I want to bring to the table. This is the first okay. one. November 27, 2012. What a game from Love. Man, this has been a fun winter season. Watching star players in town like Love, Parisi, Suter, and Wait, Were you watching a Vikings game and you were like trying to be tongue-in-cheek that these guys weren't living up to Kevin Love, Zach Parisi, and Ryan Suter? 
This is all. Dude. I mean, this is a nine-year-old tweet. Yeah, Dude, what it's was nine the, year nine years ago? I what have was the oh wait. I have so it's November, so yeah, it would have had to be a Vikings. It's game, eleven right? o'clock, so you're watching something late. So it may, could have been a primetime game. And what's November twenty seventh? Is that a Monday? This was also the year where the Wolves. I think this might have been this might have been the night where uh, Kevin Love daggered the Clippers on national TV. Oh, that was a, good, oh, that was a great. That, might that be was it. a Friday night. That might that was be a hell. Friday night. I'm gonna look that up. How much? How much credit would I get if I had just nailed the date of that game? Let's see. Um, Quite a bit. I would pat you on the back if I was in Seattle. Second. Yes. Yeah. What would this? What would the sarcasm? Be I don't know. Here? I'm looking up the Viking schedule from. All right, you do that. But I love that the star players in town: Kevin Love, Zach yep. Breezy, Ryan Suter, and yeah, and oh Suter? wait, Breezy? Breezy? Could it? No, it can't be the Twins. Oh man, it was. Uh, no, it was a win against. It was a win on the road against Sacramento, in which he went for 23 points, 24 rebounds. Wow. 24 rebounds, I think. Yeah. yeah so this is November, November 20th. Late, late game against Sacramento. November so. 27th. Okay. Um, the Vikings, November 27th was a Tuesday, and the Vikings had just lost to the Chicago Bears the night before, or two days before, I'm sorry. Okay. So I, I don't know. I don't well, know. I must have been being a smart I guess it's ass. It's a mystery. About. You're, yeah, maybe, maybe you weren't happy with the rest of the. I mean, it could have been Vikings still. Like I could have been mocking. Was, it, was that still Access Vikings days? Or no, you were you're at fifty. No, this is fifty years. Yeah, and yeah, that Vikings was... team in 2012 got off to a slow start, but they finished strong because Peterson. Yep. That would have been during the time where no, actually, you know what? That would have been before December, before they went on their four game win streak. It might have been Ponder. Okay. Oh, might you, have been, oh, you know ponder. what? Could be a ponder related ponder. tweet. You yep. were you were that ripping Ponder. That makes sense. So in that case, it's, what a jerk! What a jerk I was. Okay. I'm sorry. Sam. All right. It's going to have to take a doozy for me to top what Declan put <laughs> All right. So this is a secondary Judd tweet, but it's more. I want to I want to expose the old Mackie and Judd show because it looks like you guys are making Stanley Cup picks. And on April 14th, 2007, Phil Mackie and Dave Harrigan have the Wild winning the Stanley Cup. I remember this. I'm going with Wild and six over Blues and Wild lose in second round of Hawks, which I believe I think it is happened. exactly what happened. But did Phil Mackey? They, they beat the Blues and then they lost to the Hawks. Okay. Did Did Phil Mackey really have the Minnesota Wild uh-huh. winning the Stanley Cup in 2015? Probably. Yeah, I was the hockey whisperer was definitely definitely drinking oh, Wild Kool Aid back in those days. Have, yeah, spiked Wild Kool Aid. Yeah. So J- this is another one. Judd was sort of spot on with this one, and uh, Harrigan and I were drinking too much Kool Aid. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't. I, listen, it, it's not my fault if the Wild can't live up to the expectations that are set for them. Okay. All right, don't rip me. Rip the wild. Phil, all right, so Phil's tweet for this week isn't necessarily exposing, but it's worth pointing out because I think it's a absolutely hilarious tweet. So it's old tweets okay. exposed in in comedy form. July eleventh find hilarious tweets from me. 2012. So wait, I leave for a week. The wild sign Parisian suitor, the wolf sign Brandon Roy. AP Brandon gets Roy. arrested and Dubay is back on the radio WTF. <laughs> Wait, so this is, is this when we hired Dubay to be Judd's co-host? Must have been, right? <laughs> yeah. And you were still Patrick's partner. How yeah. does that tweet only have four likes? I That's know. That's a great tweet, man. It is a great people, tweet. People just weren't, there weren't that many people on Twitter. Were you were you on vacay before. when Parisian Suter signed? It was July 4th, so he probably was. July 4th, 2012. 4th week. I'm trying to think of... Uh, what, the what timing there what, would have been so I was covering the twins and it, it would have been no it would have been the all I would I took vacation uh, during the all-star week always 
So I probably, I probably went to, uh, I don't know. I probably went out of town or something. And I just, and I will now. I will say that the Brandon Roy thing is pretty funny. Like to yeah. put that on the in the same uh, sentence yes. as Wild signing Freezy and Suter. I was very excited. Brandon Roy was a really good player for like two years, and then his, his, then his Kevin knees. McHale was right about that. Kevin McHale was worried about Brandon Roy's knees, and that's why he made the swap for Randy Foy. But that's another sort of alternate reality scenario with the Timberwolves is if they had paired Brandon Roy at his peak for two years with Kevin Garnett, mm-hmm. would they have made a run in the Western Conference? Because I think the Blazers went to the playoffs and did some did some things with Brandon Roy, but. Uh, Declan, congratulations, yeah, man. Yeah, it's not you, even close. <laughs> I feel yeah. like you sandbagged yourself. Like, you didn't e- even embarrass us that much. No. Yeah. I, I told you it was going to be a runaway, um, and I, I I thought about not even bringing other ones to the table, but I but I had to do my due diligence and bring something there. So, yes, I, I do win again. Classic. So there it is. Old tweets exposed here on this Reckless Speculation Thursday. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. If you've got two hours and 40 minutes between now and tomorrow, make sure to carve it out to watch any given Sunday because that's the sports movie review we will be doing on tomorrow's show. And also, it sounds like Doogie's going to join us a day late for some uh, speculative discussion. Guessing there's some Wolves nuggets to be uh, thrown out. So, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, Mackie and Judd, Minnesota Sports Entertainment Daily in podcast form. See you tomorrow. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.